Hello everybody, welcome to the COHK Anthropology Podcast. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Wyman Tang, a lecturer in the Department of Anthropology. Wyman's academic research has focused on the conditions of South Asian communities in Hong Kong. This began with his PhD dissertation project on drug use among Nepali youth. His current research is concerned with the South Asian sport of Kabaddi, an interest that began shortly after he completed his PhD studies. Today we speak to Wyman about his life and experiences in anthropology, in particular how his research interests have evolved and changed over time. Hello Wyman, good afternoon. Hello Tongyi. Thanks so much for agreeing to speak with us. Um, We are interested to know um, how you came to anthropology and basically your your life in anthropology. So perhaps a good place to start is um, with your life story in anthropology. Can you can you can you take us back to how it all began? Yeah, sure, sure. So uh, I study anthropology from an undergraduate program. After graduation from uh, uh, the degree program, and then I uh, got into MPhil and then a PhD. So I still remember my uh, student ID uh, starts with uh, 9-8. That means uh, 1998. So it's uh, 23 years ago. And I study anthropology in the uh, same department, uh, same university throughout the years. When I uh, was in uh, secondary school, I uh, in Hong Kong we have to choose the uh, major subjects in uh, form three, so uh, there are two many two that is science and arts. At that time, I chose science, and the reason is that uh, most of my friends chose science. So uh, it's not related to the subject itself; it's just because of my friends. And uh, after I uh, start to uh, study science uh, subjects, and yeah, I I feel uh, regret that is. Uh, Many of my friends, they really enjoy doing experiments. So uh, the uh, test tubes, uh, Bunsen burners, and uh, mix the uh, chemicals. And for me, I, uh, I'm not good at this. And uh, yeah, always fail in uh, doing experiments. But then I realized that uh, yeah, while my classmates, my friends, they are doing experiments, I love to see how they do experiments. And uh, yeah, I love to talk to people. Then I start to find yeah, that is my interest that is uh, uh, human not the uh, chemicals mm. well, when I uh, consider the uh, major subject in a university then I start to look for subjects which are uh, related to human and there is an uh, there are other stories that uh, make me interested in anthropology that is uh, also related to my school my secondary school and also uh, my summer work experience for my uh, secondary school, it is located in Stanley, uh, the uh, southern part of uh, Hong Kong Island. In that school, there are many different sorts of uh, people. Some live in Repulse Bay, mm. live in very big departments, apartments, mm. and then I uh, visit their home. And yeah, they have uh, three foreign domestic workers at home and then have a large uh, dining room, sitting room. And hey, I was amazed by this. And then uh, they would brought me to those uh, country club places and then I see oh this is your lifestyle and then at the same time in my school there were some people who uh, come from the uh, uh, in southern district like uh, Wafu Chun those are uh, public housing estates mm. and again I uh, uh, visited their place and then I, I, I saw another kind of a lifestyle even though we all live in Hong Kong then I realized that there are interesting differences mm. And uh, one more thing is uh, during my summer work uh, is uh, Form 5 after the uh, uh, Weihao, the public exam. Mm. I worked in a printing company. The printing company is a uh, small company. The father the, uh, or the husband is the uh, boss. And then uh, his wife uh, did the admin work. And then uh, his father is the uh, driver delivering the good. So uh, the company... Uh, it's like this. And then I worked there as a uh, laborer. 
So in the morning, I will try to help the printing work. So uh, how to yeah, I'm somehow good at counting the number of papers, and then uh, also uh, uh, how to wrap the paper. And in the afternoon, we'll deliver the goods. This is my first work experience. Right. And uh, I, at that time, it's summer, so it's as hot as these days. So yes. it's uh, 35, uh, wow. 36 degree Celsius. And then uh, they use the uh, the uh, the uh, old driver use the uh, private car to deliver the uh, goods, mm. and he will never turn on the aircon, and uh, he would always try to save the uh, cost. Mm. So uh, like uh, when have to uh, go to the Kowloon side, and he would use the uh, cross harbour tunnel, and there is always traffic jam, and you can imagine. What the car is like is a steamy hot, yes, and uh, you're sweating in the car. But again, he will never turn on the AC because uh, he don't he uh, want to save the uh, gas. <laughs> and uh, we always have to work very very fast, so uh, have to carry the heavy goods, and then uh, send to uh, different companies. I in front of him, I cannot walk. I always have to run with the goods. And uh, yeah, when I uh, get out of his eyesight and then I'll start to walk. And uh, but still that, uh, yeah, he wants to save the time and yes. save the money. And uh, for me, I, every day in the uh, afternoon, I feel that, yeah, it's like a battle. I have to beat the uh, time and then beat the money because uh, uh, the old driver explained to me, this is their lifestyle. This is how they can survive. Wow. And uh, at that time, Every day, I just hope that the uh, 31st of August will come soon. This is the end of the summer holiday. Then I can uh, leave my job and uh, I can uh, start uh, my school again. But so uh, you, you, you lasted there for about three months. Is that, is, is that right? Well, I mean, you, you, work, you worked only over the summer. Yeah, uh, yeah only the summer. It, yes, yes. At the same time, I start to think, for other factory workers, if they have to work like this every day, how mm. can they make sense of their life? Mm. So for me, I only need to uh, work like this for a summer, so mm. only two months. But then for others, does it mean that they have to wait till 65 years old? And uh, yeah, at that time, I beat the time and beat mm. the. Uh, I try to finish my work early, mm. and then I thought, yeah, that day I can uh, go home early. But that's not the story. And then they say, oh, today we finish early. Let's go back to the office to get more goods and then uh, to do the delivery again. <laughs> so uh, it's endless. That means, uh, yeah, if I work harder, that means I have to work more. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel this system, this system is very strange. But later on, I get a chance to talk to the boss and uh, talk to the, uh, his wife and then, start, and then realize that, uh, yeah, in the uh, printing uh, factories, in, uh, the industry is that competitive. Right. So uh, I remember after maybe three to five years and uh, their company has to be closed down because now most of the factories have shifted to uh, mainland China already, but at that time it's very competitive. So again, this experience uh, mm. yeah, uh, always make me ask, uh, well, what is happening in this society? Mm. So uh, some people who live in the repulse bay having a free domestic workers uh, mm. at home and then uh, enjoying their, yeah, it's afternoon time. They, is, everybody is going to work, but then they are at the country club eating, eating the uh, sandwiches and then uh, <laughs> drinking the afternoon tea. And then for others, they are sweating and then uh, in, the, in a private car sending goods. So uh, yes. Yeah, how to make sense of all this, and uh, and that's why I want to know more about our society, cultures, and uh, in Form Seven. That is, uh, there is Open Day in uh, uh, Chinese U. I try to visit different departments, which is in social science faculty, mm. and uh, I found that in uh, psychology they have too many numbers <laughs> and uh, experiments. I know I cannot deal with. And then when I go to uh, went to sociology, the same experience, a lot mm. of statistics. So uh, I know I cannot yeah, deal with it. And I visit anthropology. There are a lot of tests. <laughs> there are a lot of uh, stories. At that time, I still remember in the department, they will show a lot of uh, cultures of uh, different places. And then and I found that, ah, that's what I want to know. And uh, that's how I start to study anthropology. Mm. That's that's a fascinating story, uh, Wyman. Um, so, in, in a sense, you actually discovered this 
before you started university, you discovered what you wanted to study while you were in high school. Just having question. Uh, having yes. the question marks in the, in my mind. So uh, at first, I love to observing people, and then I at the same time I uh, want to know why there is uh, uh, differences, even though we live in the same uh, society. Can Can you tell us then? Uh, well, since then, it's twenty two years is a very long time in a discipline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what have you? What have you discovered? And I mean, after you started, what did you begin to? To do research on, and maybe you can bring us to this point: how that research, those research questions, have evolved. So you started by questioning the notion of inequality in society, right? These class yeah, yeah. differences, um, and your own personal experience of being, of being, a, I guess, a laborer in a factory and somewhat exploited. And and somewhat intensively exploited, right? Having to, if you work fast. They would make you do even more. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how have those questions evolved, and um, what what kind of account do you have about the world? So, take us slowly through that process, right? So, it started with exploitation or inequality, and how have your research uh, projects or research questions transformed over time? At that time, we studied anthropology for three years, mm-hmm. and in my second year, we. Took a course that is a、uh, world ethnography. Yeah, I guess most、uh, anthropologists would know the wilder sentiments. Yes, and yes. then、uh, it is talking about the、uh, woman in a、uh, Bedouin society, and、uh, talking about how the、uh, woman in the society、uh, find their agency. At that time, in that course,、uh, we used the whole course to study. This one book, one book. So、uh, we study it very intensively, and、uh, for me, I'm very impressed uh, by uh, by the ethnography. Of course, this is first、uh, the、uh, author, how she lived among them, and then、uh, how they, yeah, because、uh, at that time, a woman in the Middle East. It's difficult to know their stories. And, Now,、uh, the, the author is、uh, Abu Lugod. Is that yeah,、correct? yeah, 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 yeah. Abu Leila Abu Lugod. Yes. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, yeah, because in the past, people would only talk about the man, but somehow she、uh, so, uh, discovered the story of、uh, women and、uh, also found out、uh, their agency, how they did the poetry, and then uh, uh, how they did the uh, uh, sing uh, songs and uh, uh, to express themselves. So、uh, yeah. Throughout my、uh, three-year study, I am always interested in、uh, learning about the、uh, social minorities、mm. and then、uh, their resilience,、uh, their agency.、Mm. So、uh, this is、uh, about gender.、Mm. After a three-year study, I just found that、uh, I haven't known enough. At that time, I did do a, a research paper. And、uh, there is another experience that、uh, is very impressive. That is、uh, again. I was taking a course about Southeast Asian cultures and society, and、uh, the few work that I did is go to a, a charismatic church in Hong Kong, attended by the、uh, Filipinos.、Mm. So、uh, when I attend that church, I I also used to go to church and、uh, yeah, the evangelical churches in Hong Kong, and at that time I was the first time to attend a, a charismatic church. I didn't know what is really like,、mm. but in the prayer sections. Most of the attendants are crying aloud,、mm. and then、uh, I was so shocked. And、uh, what is happening?、Uh, why everyone is、uh, crying like this?、Mm. And then afterwards, I、uh, talked to、uh, them. That is actually I was introduced uh, uh, by one、uh, Filipino who、uh, brought me there, and then I talked to her. So why people are so emotional during the service?、Mm. And、uh, yeah, they. She just told me that、uh, many of them miss home, and then also,、uh, yeah, sometimes their work is really hard in Hong Kong. But then I asked,、uh, how did it improve your situation? How, how? What is your hope in Hong Kong? And then、uh, she told me that,、uh, yeah, she hoped that uh, by uh, praying at church, crying to Lord, and then、uh, God will help them. And she would also think that、uh, we are now unlucky that、uh, maybe we met a uh, uh, not a good employer, but she hoped that、uh, 
yeah, maybe uh, God is maybe is is caused by their sins. If uh, they pray to God sincerely and then cleanse uh, their sin, maybe they they will find a good, better employer, and then mm. uh, uh, they can uh, live their life happier. Something like this. Mm. At, at, at that time, of course, I I would try to follow the uh, Marx uh, way of thinking. Is it a kind of false consciousness? And then uh, that's just uh, trying to place hope on the religion and then uh, to improve their life. But later on, I start to think, what are their alternatives for them if they don't uh, try to think in this way? Mm-hmm. And then uh, it seems to me that uh, they know that uh, this may not be the uh, uh, best alternative. But somehow at that moment, at that stage, this is the thing that they can do. That is mm. uh, to uh, place their hope on religion. So uh, they know what is really going on. Mm. And uh, this book, and then uh, the uh, yeah, wilder sentiments, and then also at uh, that time going to a, uh, a, a charismatic church attended by the Filipino domestic workers, and uh, make you want to really do research on social minorities to mm. get to know more. And I applied for MFU, that's this uh, 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 research-based program. And at that time, my topic is about sexual minorities, that is uh, gay Christians in Hong Kong, that uh, mm. and again, at that time, my idea is that, uh, yeah, it's not really not easy to be a gay Christian because mm. uh, you are marginalized in many sense. You are marginalized by uh, church and then you are marginalized by uh, the uh, gay community. And uh, so again, why they still try to keep this identity or h- how they try to uh, negotiate uh, this identity. So that is my end view. And for my PhD, it's something similar. That is uh, about the police drug users in Hong Kong. Mm. So another uh, social minority that's mm. uh, uh, facing uh, difficulties in Hong Kong and then uh, have the uh, uh, drug use behaviors. Mm. So let me <laughs> say a little bit more about my uh, uh, PhD uh, study. Yeah, yes. Wyman, you've continued uh, without any kind of break in your studies. So you started <laughs> from undergraduate and you proceeded immediately after you graduated with your BA to do an MPhil. Is that right? And then, yeah. wow. So it's, it's without any breaks. I actually took a break uh, in between uh, MPhil and PhD. Mm. So at that time, I worked in a uh, consultant company. Mm. That consultant company is quite interesting. Yes. They would go to uh, factories in mainland China. This is uh, the southern part of mainland China. And uh, to uh, provide welfare activities for mm. their factory workers. Mm. So uh, like uh, after work and uh, they would try to provide some entertainment and then uh, provide some uh, leisure activities for them, and uh, we try to organize uh, those activities. Mm. So maybe in some special days, the festivals, and then I will organize a uh, uh, festival event. And I and then I, again, it's a very interesting experience to me that I've never been to uh, factories in mainland China. I didn't mm. know that uh, uh, there are such kind of work uh, going on in the factories. Mm. So, uh, but I think it's a good opportunity for me to see to apply my anthropological uh, training and knowledge in, uh, in this kind of work to see what those factory workers really need, really want, and then, uh, mm. and then we provide the uh, services. Mm. Tell me, Wyman, you, you've had a whole career of examining, I realize, socially marginalized populations, uh-huh. uh, beginning with your own experience, I guess, as a, as a laborer, and also your experience of of classmates with very diverse uh, socioeconomic backgrounds what what has what has sustained this interest in the marginalized groups can you explain that because the uh, problems uh still there. So uh, you see, uh, many people have uh, talked about this, uh, why there is uh, a poverty, and then uh, uh, why there is a marginalization. And uh, you see, 
there are people doing different kinds of work, but the problem persists. And that's why uh, I want to know more. I want to find the uh, answers. So um, perhaps you can proceed to talk about your, your even your MPhil uh, dissertation on, on sexual minorities, uh, sexual um, or gay Christians in Hong Kong. So indeed, how, how did they resolve this conundrum? How did they... How did they resolve this contradiction between uh, being Christian on the one hand and gay on the other? What, what were your findings? And uh, similarly, uh, how do you resolve this, this tendency within the Filipino Christian community to, you know, uh, how, how do you explain their commitment to, you know, a, a Christian ethic um, in their lives? About the uh, my MPhil study on gay Christians in Hong Kong, at that time I because I grew up in Hong Kong, I didn't see I I, I took it for granted, and then I start to think that mm, Christianity churches are all the same. It's uh evangel evangelical churches, and then uh, their mission is to uh, share gospel, and then they have to follow the Bible very strictly, and. Uh, so I have the same idea when I uh, went to uh, that gay church. And it's true that, uh, yeah, because uh, in Hong Kong, most of the churches are like this, the uh, uh, evangelical churches. And uh, many members also think in this way. But there are actually some members, they would never see this as a kind of problem. Mm. So uh, they would have a more liberal attitude towards mm. the Bible. Is uh, you do not need to literally uh, follow the Bible, and uh, also for sex morals, and uh, again, you don't need to follow the uh, strict, uh, narrow interpretation of uh, 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 sex in the Bible, and you can have different styles. So, and then I start to realize mm. there is a, a, a diversity mm. at church. At the at gay church, there are different kinds of uh, gay Christians. Mm -hmm. But what I uh, find is that uh, there's not much room for those uh, rather liberal uh, gay Christians in that gay church. And mm -hmm. then in that gay church, they would adopt a rather conservative attitudes. Like, for example, uh, they would tell the church members that, uh, yeah, Many cultures in the uh, gay world is not that good. Like uh, they would have uh, multiple sex partners, and uh, they would have uh, casual sex, and uh, this kind of things should be should not be done in, uh, uh, in, uh, for gay Christians. Mm. So uh, for me, I, I find it interesting. I, mm. I thought that uh, uh, as a uh, sexual minorities, mm -hmm. and then uh, you should be try to be more inclusive and then uh, try to embrace uh, 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 different kinds of values or uh, lifestyles. And uh, but somehow at the church, they would try, they would have a, a very strong force to maintain their uh, conservative approach. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and when I did participate in observation, and then actually for many, for some so called conservative members, on Sunday, they would go to church, and uh, the uh, nights before that, we yes. were at the gay bar, <laughs> and then uh, we were hanging out. So, uh, yeah, you see the differences, but somehow they won't bring these experience back to church. So my uh, research focused on this. That's just uh, how the uh, gay church maintain its values, and at the same time, how different kinds of uh, gay Christians respond to this. Some choose to leave uh some chose to hide and then uh yeah some chose to really strictly follow what that gay church advise so it's really fraught with contradictions even though it's a church they are accepting of gays on the one hand on uh, the other they seem to be promoting uh, a kind of monogamy yeah, within yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, their relationships right yeah 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 <laughs> so uh, basically follow the uh the literal Bible, everything, except that uh, the partner is, is a different person. Yes, yes. So you could say there's some level of tolerance. I mean, uh, because to say a gay church itself could be an oxymoron, right? It's a contradiction in terms, the gay mm -hmm. church. If you're mm -hmm. literal, if you're literalist, 
when it comes to the Bible, then gay church is an oxymoron. It's a contradiction. So at least they allow for that contradiction. Yep. And then with that, within that contradiction, uh, they stick to a, a, a strict biblical <laughs> interpretation. Uh, interpretation. Yeah. How, how interesting, Wyman. Um, yeah. You wanted to say something about uh, your work then with, with uh, Nepalese uh, drug users in Hong Kong. Um, how, how easy was it to find out or to do research among them, uh, given that I, I suppose drug use is for the most part uh, illegal. So uh, it, it's back in uh, 2003, something like that. It was the first time for me to visit Lepore. It, it's just for traveling. And uh, after uh, visiting that place, I found the uh, Lepore culture is very interesting. And uh, when I went back to Hong Kong, I try to, uh, because I know that there are some Nepalese in Hong Kong, and then I try to uh, look for them. And at that time, I was told by uh, one friend that, oh, do you want to do voluntary service for uh, uh, Nepalese? You can uh, go to a uh, drug rehab center. And then I was surprised that, what? I want to know, meet Nepali friends. And then uh, you told me to go to drug rehab center to do voluntary service. Then. Yeah, and then he said, yeah, now uh, in one rehab center, uh, they have some uh, Nepali residents, a young, uh, a young group of people. Then I went there and then start to know, oh, there are some uh, Nepali drug users in Hong Kong. So in the very first place, I uh, tried to uh, approach them through the uh, drug rehab centers and then try to get to know their stories, why uh, they use drugs. But these are all because you, you, you know that uh, for those who choose to go to drug rehab centers and then, uh, or have been in uh, drug rehab centers, their, their way of thinking may not be the same as those uh, current drug users. Mm -hmm. So uh, because I really want to know the uh, whole phenomenon, so I cannot just stay in the uh, uh, drug rehab centers. So I try to uh, look for those uh, current drug users by going to their communities. And uh, one of the strategies is going to, uh, because many of them uh, live on the streets. So I uh, try to visit their home and then also uh, uh, stay in the park where they usually hang out. And uh, there are some successful cases that I really can uh, make some friends uh, with some of them, but uh, I still find that it's not that effective. So they would still wonder, who am I? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, because of my uh, Chinese face uh, as a male, and many people uh, misunderstood me as a uh, undercop. So uh, mm -hmm. they thought that I'm trying to investigate them, and then it's difficult to gain their trust. But there is one interesting case, that is uh, I got some funding to do a survey on uh, poly drug users in Hong Kong. And uh, I would try to work with some uh, uh, NGOs to look for uh, those uh, drug users. And uh, one of the NGOs is working at the uh, methadone clinic. So I went to methadone clinic and uh, through their referral, I met some of the uh, respondents for my surveys. And one of the respondents, after doing the uh, survey, to fill out the questionnaires, uh, she start to tell me her story, try to tell me more. So uh, she was, yeah, she was telling me that, uh, yeah, she had a boyfriend, and then uh, her boyfriend uh, is also a drug user and selling pirate CDs on at the Temple Street, and he has got arrested. Mm. So uh, he is now in the uh, in custody, and she said. Uh, she used to dependent on him. Mm. So uh, the income, the money, and uh, now she lost him and uh, really don't know what to do. And at the same time, her boyfriend told her that actually after he got arrested, you can try to look for his big brother. That means uh, those triad members. Mm. Uh, and uh, they would make try to uh, give you some money to mm. uh, help you uh, the difficult time. Yeah. And uh, so she told me that, yeah, I want to look for this big brother. Can you go with me? Mm. And then uh, my response is, uh, what? That's, uh, I have never uh, tried to contact or I have known nothing about triads, triad members. I have 
yeah, never contact them. But somehow she made such a request, and then uh, okay, I uh, follow her, and then uh-huh. uh, to walk around the uh, temple streets, and then uh, to look for this uh, big brother. And in the end, it's like uh, we start to search uh, uh, from 11 uh, p.m. and then uh, search till uh, 3 a.m. and finally wow. found him. And then uh, when we met him and then we explained the situation that uh, oh, her husband has got arrested by the police for selling the uh, pirate CDs. And uh, that big brother just told me that, yeah, the bad words and then uh, asked us to leave don't give him trouble mm. so uh we got nothing we searched for whole lights and then uh, we got nothing just a few uh foul words <laughs> yeah and then uh my informant my friend and then uh felt very desperate so yeah she tried to ask more help from me and uh, later on i uh yeah visit her home she brought me to her home she lived on a rooftop she has warned me that uh, she lived in a jungle. It's just not a very nice place. Mm. I, but I still want to see what, what how it's like. And then uh, when I really arrived her home, the rooftop home, and it's, yeah, I understand why is this a jungle. And uh, there are animals and many. Do you know what kind of animals? Rats. Uh, close. It's just uh, cockroaches. And it's a huge number. And mm. then uh, it's, it's just right next to her, her bed. She slept with uh, those uh, cockroaches. Wow. And, uh, and then she told me that is her life. And, mm. uh, and then this is also where she stayed with her boyfriend. Of course, I'm doing research. She knows that I'm a researcher. She doesn't mind uh, sharing her story with me. And uh, we try to make friends seeing her situation living in the jungle so try to say okay you get the welfare money right the uh, welfare money uh went to your boyfriend but now your husband uh, your boyfriend got arrested and you should ask the welfare department to transfer the money to you not to your uh, boyfriend so uh i went with her to uh uh uh, those office and uh, of course the uh, officer won't be nice to her and then uh, we think that oh, you cause so much trouble and then uh, now and uh, uh, you want to change the account and uh, and at the same time also ask her do you have a bank account mm. and uh, if you don't and then uh, you need to come to the office every time and uh, every time the officer will give her a very bad attitude that mm. uh, gave her much trouble of course, it's just not a good experience. And then mm. uh, we start to think, okay, then uh, try to open a bank account. Mm. And then uh, we went to the bank. But again, in Hong Kong, if you want to have a bank account, you need to have a valid address, mm. your home address. Mm. And a uh, rooftop doesn't count. And mm. then uh, again, we uh, try to help her to uh, uh, look for a proper place to live, uh, have a valid address, and then he can open a bank account. Mm. Mm. Sorry for the long story, but no. <laughs> Wyman, what what is the what is the history of Nepali people in Hong Kong? So how, how did how did this particular person was she born in Hong Kong, or did she come here by by some means? What is the history of at least Nepali people in Hong Kong? And uh, yeah, most of them they would say they are the uh, they have the gorkha history gorkha is the uh, british army mm. uh, stationed in uh, um, uh, most of the members are the police and then a station in hong kong before 1997 that is the majority mm. but at the same time uh, there are some people who have no gorkha background so uh, they would come to hong kong by other methods like uh, uh, foreign domestic workers mm. and then uh, some by fake marriage this is uh, for those uh, uh, Gorka descendants. They have the Hong Kong ID, so uh, they can sell their Hong Kong ID by having the uh, fake marriage. Mm. So some would come to Hong Kong in this way. So uh, yeah, some in in their community they would call those uh, uh, who work overseas who have the Gorka background as the Laure. This is one of the Laure. way to call them. And then uh, they would have the way to say fake Laure and the real Laure. So uh, right. the Laure is the uh, real Gorka descendants and then mm. the fake one, uh, the, uh, those uh, try to use other methods to come to Hong Kong and then to claim they are the uh, real Laure. In, in which them. case, thank you for that, uh, Wyman. In which case, actually, they've had a long presence in Hong Kong. Um, 
through their association with uh, the British, um, with, with uh, when Hong Kong was a British colony, they came as Gurkhas, um, and it was really through that association that that you you, you could have then fake Laure coming in. So I was thinking that uh, the numbers have surely diminished, right? Since uh, after '97, um, what wh- what's happened to the flow of these people? Has it has it has their population actually decreased or, or at least stayed the same since the handover? Yeah, after the uh, handover, then. Uh... The Gorka army is uh, was disbanded, mm. and uh, somehow they were given the uh, work visa in Hong Kong, so they continue to uh, live in this city. And at the same time, uh, some uh, uh, Gorka uh, soldiers they fight for their uh, right of uh, abode in uh, Britain. Mm. So uh, after some years, they finally got it. So uh, some of them migrated to the UK. Mm. So, uh, yeah, now the official figures saying that uh, there are around uh, 25,000 police in Hong Kong. Mm. The uh, number has been increasing, but uh, it's not uh, increasing in an uh, even uh, pace. In some years, you can see that uh, uh, the increase is slow because some of them have uh, migrated to uh, the UK. But generally, it is uh, increasing. Yeah, this is some background information about the uh, uh, Gokar, uh, uh, the police in Hong Kong. And uh, so I have helped my informant to uh, find a place to live. And uh, I continue to make friends with her. And then uh, like uh, every day, she needs to go to the methadone clinic. And uh, to uh, take the methadone, I'll wait for her downstairs. And the social worker who introduced her to me saw us. She was very unhappy and saying that, oh, I introduced this person to you just for doing the survey, for doing the questionnaire. How come you continue to meet her? So uh, this is not what I was told. So the social worker talked to me and saying that I need to make complaints to your department, to your supervisor, wow. and saying that uh, you are not uh, following the uh, research ethics. And uh, at the same time, my friend also saw that social worker that informant told me that, do you know what the social worker told me? And they're saying that uh, I have to cut the relationship with you and saying that you are a dangerous person. So you are a man. So uh, you may take advantage of me. And then also that uh, uh, you are a researcher. So uh, you may write the uh, bad story about me. Is that true? At that time, I, uh, I will see her as my key informant. So uh, I told you earlier that uh, yeah, I did research in the drug rehab center and then I uh, carry out a few work in the park, in uh, uh, the place that I stay. But uh, it's a bit hard, fail to develop rapport with them. But mm. finally, I, I can uh, develop uh, a, uh, the good relationship with one key informant. But uh, she told me like this. And uh, at that time, she told me, she, uh, now uh, we recall and then, she said that when she told me that, my face really turned pale. So uh, <laughs> because this is my PhD study, and then uh, if I fail, then I will fail. Uh, so it's a very big worry. And uh, and then when my informant saw such a change, saw me change like this, and then said that, no, Wyman, don't worry. I will still be with you, supporting you. I, uh, but in the past, I thought that uh, you are from the government. You have a lot of resources, so uh, you can uh, help me a lot. But now I finally find that uh, you are also the enemy of the uh, social worker. So uh, <laughs> you are also uh, not those uh, powerful ones. You are just like us being uh, used by the uh, social workers. So uh, <laughs> no worry, I can help you. So what kind of stories uh, you want to write? Uh, what kind of people that you want to meet? I can uh, introduce them to you. Then, uh, yeah, for me, uh, since that uh, incident, my relationship with my uh, key informant has changed. You can see that uh, in the earlier phase, she always asked help from me. That uh, helped her to uh, open a bank account, help her to find a place to live, and then uh, help her to uh, find work. But now, yeah, at that time, actually, there is another incident that is uh, some male uh, drug users uh, really unhappy that I always uh, go hang out with her. And then uh, uh, because she knows that uh, she will tell a lot of uh, stories to a uh, Hong Kong Chinese. Yes. Uh, they they will think like that. And uh, 
some uh, male drug users would tell me that don't come to Jordan, don't come to uh, uh, Yamate, I will give you trouble. If you still try to meet uh, our, uh, the, that woman, I may even come to your office to give you trouble. Then at that time, again, I, I really don't know what is happening. I, uh, I told this to my key informant. And then uh, my key informant just said, no worry, I will protect you. Those male drug users, they are useless. They cannot even leave uh, Jordan. How can they come to your office to give trouble to you? So, uh, yeah, you see the, uh, how the uh, relationship changed. And then I finally see that, uh, yeah, earlier, she uh, is more like a weak woman. So uh, looking for, uh, for help. And then now I see her agency or, or her wide social networks. That's uh, actually how resourceful she is. And uh, and again, I, I I start to know more about those uh, people who yeah in the marginal positions, mm. how they try to survive mm. in their difficult life, and then uh, how yeah they make use of the uh, different kind of uh, uh, social resources. Later on, uh, she uh, show them show those resources to me. And uh, yeah, where she can actually find food, where she can uh, find money, and uh, uh, and then how to avoid those people uh, who would give trouble. And then I, I I start to get I start to get to know more. And uh, yeah, so that is uh, one of the memorable experience in my field. That is uh, how to see the field in a more holistic way. That is mm. uh, the uh, different perspectives of my uh, uh, informants. Hmm. So uh, after all these different cases of marginality that you've studied, um, you would agree, in fact, you told me this, that the problem still persists. The problem <laughs> of creating, um, of marginalization still persists. So in your, in your view, um, what is the problem? What is the source of the problem? Uh, that there are so many uh, marginal people or there's, there's, there's such entrenched uh, mechanisms of marginalization that keep, you know, that, that, that keep people at the bottom. Yeah, what, in your view, is, is, is the source of all this? Yeah, I heard one story that is often uh, shared among the Nepalese population in Hong Kong. The story is like this. That is uh, when it was a handover. Uh, the British actually can do not uh, want to return Hong Kong to mainland China. Uh, Queen Elizabeth at that time decided, okay, you want me to return? I'll return, but I'll give you trouble. I'll leave you some cockroaches in this city. And, uh, and then do you know what are the cockroaches? And that is the Lepali. So this is the uh, Lepo, uh, people, uh, Lepoli, uh people who told me the story. And then, of course, I feel sad that uh, how come you would describe yourself in such a way that you are trouble, you are the uh, cockroaches. In the beginning, I also interpret in this way. Mm. And then, uh, but later on, and uh, yeah, I see the uh, yeah, cockroaches actually is also very resilient. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Indeed. <laughs> they have a uh, yeah, strong life. Yes. So... Uh, yeah, I, I start to see the uh, uh, the relations in a, in a different ways. That is, uh, in Hong Kong society, ethnic relations are something new that uh, not much discussed in the society. Only in the recent years, and then uh, people start to talk more. Oh, we are a multicultural society, and uh, now we have to understand the needs of our uh, labors ethnic neighbors but uh, in many occasions what I find is that uh, they always see them as a problem they always uh, see them as a, uh, a surface user they need services mm. they have never tried to understand in a holistic way mm. and then or, or never try to understand from their perspective what they really want or what uh, they can really achieve what can they they can do so uh if you try to treat them as uh, weak as uh, surface users, and then they will always try to fit into that role for you. So uh, if there are uh, other kinds of uh, ethnic relations, that is not hierarchical, seeing them as weak, seeing them as uh, uh, needy, 
instead of try to understand their uh uh from uh, seeing issues from their perspectives and also try to understand the talents the strengths that they have then uh it may change the uh ethnic relations so uh yeah, at that time, my idea is that uh, actually when they have the uh, drug use uh, behaviors, it's the very last stage of the uh, marginalization. There are some more structural problems in the society that uh, lead to this. So uh, at that time, my uh, supervisor was uh, Professor Maria Tan, and uh, she's also uh, doing research on uh, ethnic relations in Hong Kong. And yeah, she also realized uh, this problem that uh, yeah, we uh, uh, need to do something to change people's perceptions about uh, ethnic minorities. So we start to yeah, do some projects that is emphasizing mutual empowerment, mm. partnership, and sustainability. So uh, it's just not doing something once, but it's sustainable. And then uh, it's just a partner, not uh, a hierarchical relationship. And at the same time, that is uh, not the uh, Chinese benefiting the uh, African minorities, is that it's trying to benefit one another. Thanks for that. I, I guess um, soon running out of time, um, so perhaps in closing, I'll ask one more question, one final question, and you might have already alluded to, to an answer to this, but, but what then do you see uh, and the role of anthropology? What contribution do you think anthropology has then in resolving some of these um, maybe blind spots in Hong Kong society? You know, um, Because after all, what you've described is actually a long-standing issue. These ethnic minorities have been in Hong Kong for a long time, yet, yet they don't seem to have uh, been accepted. Right. 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 How how do you think anthropology can 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 play a better role in in uh, integrating maybe uh, these populations? Yeah. So uh, I think uh, I still remember the uh, first concept I learned in anthropology is uh, cultural relativism. So I guess uh, when you take a 101 in anthropology, you will learn it in the very first day. But, and I find that it is still relevant uh, now that uh, uh, in Hong Kong, uh, throughout my uh, school years, we didn't learn anything about ethnic minor uh, minorities. They are invisible, they are insignificant, they are irrelevant, something like this. Mm. But then uh, again, in anthropology, it's telling you that no, every uh, person's voice is counted. And then uh, we have to treat everyone the same. That, uh, 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 and then, also try to, yeah, not to see them as more inferior or unimportant, but to use the idea of a cultural relativism to understand their situation or uh, 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 their communities. So I found this one is uh, really helpful uh, for me to uh, promote the uh, uh, some positive ethnic relations in Hong Kong. So. As you know, what I'm now trying to do is uh, uh, to do some uh, uh, positive ethnic relations projects that is through sports and uh, through uh, South Asian game, which is called Kabaddi. And in this sports, I try to uh, mingle the people together and then uh, try to break the stereotype and also uh, have a chance to uh, let people of different ethnic backgrounds to make use of their uh, talents and uh, to uh, meet one another. So that is uh, what anthropology has taught me, and then also uh, what I, and I think that uh, it is not only for the sake of knowledge, but I think anthropology can also be practical, can be uh, brought to the society, have a social engagement to bring some changes to the society as well. Well, 
Um, I said I'd ask you that final question, but uh, this is before you brought up Kabaddi. Um, <laughs> perhaps you can tell us how, how wide uh, this project is or how many, how many people are involved in your Kabaddi project now. What, 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 do, you, what do you hope to do with Kabaddi uh, as a form of basically as a, as a form of cultural knowledge or as, as a bridge to build greater cultural understanding? Maybe just elaborate on that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think sports is an uh, interesting uh, means to uh, share knowledge, uh, share cultural knowledge, uh, build communities. Because uh, uh, sports is, yeah, it involves emotions, it involves teamwork, and uh, it involves uh, 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 physical. So. If you don't share the same language, but somehow uh, you uh, know the same rules, and then uh, you know uh, 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 yeah, the rules of games, and then you can play together. Mm. So I think uh, this is a good uh, channel to uh, uh, bring people together. And the other thing is that uh, in Hong Kong, for the sports culture, the concept of community sports is not that strong. So uh, for sports, yeah, it is either seen as a kind of uh, uh, leisure. So I uh, want to uh, have fun and I'll do some exercise or see it as a uh, competitive sport that I want to achieve something by uh, doing sports. So uh, maybe I want to, uh, yeah, uh, uh, to be a representative of uh, district, a school, or even Hong Kong, and uh, want to bring glories, and then I try to play sports. But uh, somehow, we think that uh, for sports, it's just not necessarily like this. Only for the uh, king competition, but it is also can be a kind of a community that uh, welcome any kind of people put emphasis on the uh, participation parts instead of uh, competition and then uh, build social uh, build relationship in uh, through the sports I, I think this can also be uh, done uh, through sports well th thank you thank you uh, Wyman I, I think with, with, with that you've demonstrated basically the the social function of you know, one of the social functions of sport uh, that is as a form of community building. Yeah. Um, that's, that's fascinating. Uh, perhaps if we get the chance to talk again, uh, you can uh, elaborate on, on this project even more. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks so much, Wyman. I, I thought that was great. Uh, thank you for talking with us. Thanks a lot for your invitation. And I uh, hope that uh, we can share more about uh, sports, about anthropology. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. See you again, Wyman. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the COHK Anthropology Podcast. Please join us next time when we speak to Dr. Sharon Wong. Stay tuned.